Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied by party boy Pete McCormick. And our guest again today is Master Sergeant Nick Galante here for part two of the Nick Galante series. Party boy Pete, you ready to do this thing? I'm ready to rock and roll, Mathalomia. Love it. All right. You can find us on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can hang out with us on the Twitter and the Tiki Talk at Working P Pod. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. And if you want some fun, check us out on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. All right. Let's get this thing started. Let's go. It's our objective to be effective by voice in societies. Working perspective, exploring your day and how you get paid. Launching a new episode every Tuesday. Your day can transform while we inform with new episodes available on every platform. So check out our vibe and how we get live. Then do us a solid. Okay, so uh like we were saying nick you finished your second tour you came home a couple months party did your thing refueled your jets and then you go back for your third tour now when we were talking right this is what i found interesting is that you had been over twice you're 23 years old at this time and you know the way it was going in the war itself we kind of had a better grip on things um but when you were going into the third tour you kind of thought like okay, th- you know, this is going to be a cake tour. And that's not how it turned out. Is that right? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, you, yeah, we had been at war for since 2003. So, you know, it's like what, like four years later, things, yeah. the whole thing started. And, you know, I, I figured like, okay, my first, second deployment or whatever, you know what I mean? Like that with time, you assume that it would get better. But then, you know, going into my third deployment, once we got on the ground, it was, it was uh, not what I expected. It was actually probably more, I call it kinetic than, than what I expected it to be, to be honest. Wow. Okay. So you roll in, right? And when you're there, what is, so what's your rank now? Like when you're coming in on your third tour? So I, I I think right before I left, I got promoted to a sergeant. So I was a sergeant at the time. Okay. So you're Sergeant Galante, right? Mm -hmm. And then how many guys were you in charge of at Uh, this store? I think probably around, around 20 some Marines at the time. Yeah. Wow. So you're 23 years old. You're a sergeant. This is your third tour and you're in charge of like a squad, which is like 20 something guys. Yeah, roughly. It was, we had a little more guys than t- typical. Like I said before, we had bigger platoons at the time. Oh, okay. So you're working heavy again. Okay. Yeah. So what was, so like you kind of like going into what are kind of some of the problems that you would face from like in the third tour that you weren't expecting because i know like you know like like there are certain things that had gone on like that were happening that kind of weren't there in the first two tours so what Mm -hmm. kind of things like because i know snipers were a big thing 
I they had kind of ramped up the IEDs, right? Yep, so like yep. what what kind of stuff were you facing that you were like, holy crap, they kind of upped this whole thing. So yeah. go ahead. I mean, you still had the standard dickhead who would like shoot off rounds at AKs at you, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you yeah. know, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Guy who'd do that. But then uh IEDs were still there and they were they were getting like I would say more advanced. You know, they were getting way better at hiding them, you know. What I mean they yeah. learned they you know, they develop, they see how we like defeat them. Then they develop ways to like, you know, like beat us, you know, it's like a cat and mouse game. Like they see yeah. us, like we figure out a tactic to like, you yeah. know, solve their problem. Then they're like, cool. We need to change it up. So IDs were still there. That was like a never ending cat and mouse game. They're fucking yeah. like, they put them on it's like, like steroids you know, in sports. You get the new steroid yeah, yeah. and they figure out a way to test for it. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, and they, they expanded from like, you know, they would put yeah. them not on the side of the roads, but they put them on like footbridges and <sighs> in buildings so, you know, like buildings and other places like that. So they got way better with that stuff. They started, uh, from my experience, we started seeing more vehicle-borne IEDs, which is either uh, is in the vehicle and then some assholes in there driving it and he clacks himself off and, you know, oh my God. You know blows it up. So they were throwing that at us. And then, uh, and then, yeah, there was a sniper problem there. You know, like some different places we were at, some asshole was fucking, you know, trying to pick people off. You know what I mean? Like pick yeah. guys off. And we had we had guys pass from that and like guys get shot from that and like live and stuff like that. But there was always like for a while there, it seemed like if you stop too long, all of a sudden you fucking hear a round crack by you. You're like, Oh fuck, got to fucking, Jesus. you know, find a better spot or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they kept you kind of kept you on your toes then the whole time, yep. huh? Yep. 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 Exactly. So, um, I want to talk about this and if you're cool uh, to talk about it, I want to talk about the, the incident. So how you got your, your first purple heart. So, um, from what you explained to me, the way it kind of worked out is that say you're, you're in a major city, you're in Fallujah, right? And yeah. you're, you're kind of like mapping out and going through the different neighborhoods and kind of like checking them out. But the way it would work is like, you would go to a neighborhood, you'd find a spot, you'd kind of set up a camp there. You'd be in this neighborhood for like a couple, you like a, a like, you know, a couple weeks or whatever. And then you would, you would pack up and you would leave. Right. But while you're there for a couple of weeks, you're patrolling, you're searching, you're looking for insurgents and things like that. So, you know, like, so say like, you know, if, if we're in Philadelphia, say you would go to Kensington for a couple of weeks, you'd find like an empty spot, you'd set up, you would do your thing, you do your patrols. And then next you would go to Fishtown, you'd find a spot, you would set up, you would do your patrols and move it. Right. So when this happened you're at your spot right you're you're patrolling this place how long had you been there before the before you know before the bombing yeah well i mean pretty sure you kind of explained it right like at the time the u.s forces have been hammering fallujah so we uh, you know the insurgents were pushed out of the city and they started occupying small towns you know kind of like you said like oh wow pushed out of the city we like the u.s forces kind of own fallujah there's still shit happening there but then like like you know philadelphia is the main hub and then like they started occupying places like lansdale ambler Narstown, so yeah so then okay. we started moving our forces to those places and you know occupying them so i mean i you know a lot of this is a blur i don't know how long we're out there we you know yeah. we go out for like a week or two weeks at a time yeah but uh we pushed out in this particular area i mean i i'm i mean i, I guess you can say the name of the place called a zidon but uh we pushed out in this place called a zidon and we we were working out there a lot you know that was like a new hot spot yeah and um I mean, we, we've been out there for maybe like a week or something like that. And yeah, we had a, a place set up and we were running patrols at a particular place. And uh, the one thing I do remember is before the incident happened, uh, another guy who I'd worked with, you know, I'm still friends to this day, Cole, 
uh, he had saw he saw some guy, and I swear to this day that that was the guy. But there's a dude kind of like uh, Iraqi, like checking out our position. He looked fucking shady as hell. You know what I mean? And I forgot to bring this up before, but like when I got time to think about it, uh, this guy was like checking out our position, and we were like, "Hey, man, get the fuck out of here!" And he, he rolled. And then after that, we went on you know a patrol. Like we patrolled the area for a couple hours, and then on our way back in, we're coming back in our compound, and then uh, there's a vehicle that came fucking pretty much like. As soon as we got back in our compound, a vehicle came flying down the road. It was actually a dump truck, and the, the dump bed was packed full of explosives. And he rolls down, like, pretty much, like, there's an exterior wall around the compound, smashes in the fucking wall and clacks himself off. And, you know, it was a couple hundred pounds Holy of explosives shit. that went off. Yeah. Uh, he, so, was in a, he was in a dump truck, right? Yeah, it was a big, like, dump, old, old beat-up dump truck, and he fucking, like I said, clacked himself off. And, uh, you know, huge explosion. And then, uh, so, like I said – so for those for those listening at home, when you say clack yourself off, that's just a slang of like he was kind of a kamikaze, sacrificed himself to yep. die within yep. the explosion. Okay. Yeah, suicide bomber pretty much. Yep. Suicide bomber. So mm-hmm. this guy, he packs this dump truck full of explosive, right? He knows like he, like you said, someone had kind of clocked your your spot, right? Mm-hmm. And this freaking guy takes this truck and he rams it into a wall or he runs right into the compound or how did it work? Yeah. So like I said, there was a uh, Iraq, they usually have like a, a house and around mm-hmm. that they have like a center block wall or something. It's mm-hmm. just like the way they build their places and yeah. fucking smash, smash in the wall and fucking set it off. And, you know, huge explosion. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they did a analysis of the explosion afterwards. Like you had to, you know, like, uh, it, it, ordinary disposal guys, like they're, it's a job in Marine Corps. They did a blast analysis and they're like, the lucky thing is with this whole situation is the way they packed it. Most of the force was sent down into the ground because it, it made like a fucking like maybe five to ten foot hole in the fucking ground. So yeah. luckily, like the explosive, you know, the way you pack explosive, it depends on like what direction it goes. But most yeah. of it went down. But it was that's why you need was, uh, that, yeah, that, that's why they employ physicists and chemists to be like, all right, you need to be this height and uh, at this length, yep. and then that's the maximum damage. <laughs> yep. But uh, the explosion is so powerful, it actually. Uh, flipped over one of our fucking Humvees to give you guys a reference. Like oh, our Humvee shit. was on it. Our Humvee was on its side. It knocked down fucking palm trees. You know, it was a fucking huge explosion. And you were in the middle of it, right? And well, like you were there, like in the compound when the explosion went off. And yep. my thought, and, and you guys are right away thinking in strategic terms, uh, you're like tactical terms. You're thinking, okay, this guy blew a hole in the wall and there's some motherfuckers coming in behind him right like yeah that's your i mean first well, thought no nah, first of all i was like what the fuck was that you know like ow that fucking hurt you know it's like ow what the fuck <laughs> yeah. was yeah, that i mean i couldn't see i couldn't see shit you know I mean, when it went off it was like fucking smoke and dirt everywhere and like it just it hits you so hard i mean my memory i can't remember if i like you know maybe i've blacked out from or just like it's kind of haze you know it hits you and you're just like fucking like what happened yeah. you know and then obviously you know I did feel some pain from like some of the shit I took in like my shoulder and like arms yeah. and head and stuff like that. And then, yeah. you know, I heard other people yelling and, you know, and then like, yeah, you start thinking like, like get, like start yelling at guys, get back on the fucking roof, you know, like set up security, you know, like in case someone else is coming for us. And then you go in, like you go check on your guys that are down and stuff. Right. Yeah. Like you go check on your, you know, I, I think I told you before, I had one individual yelling that his legs were messed up. Luckily, his legs weren't messed up. It was just like, you know, a, a thing of sea wire, like flew off a vehicle and kind of wrapped around his legs. And obviously he was in a daze and just like, didn't think he could move his legs. And he's like, my fucking legs. And he's like, chill out, dude. Your legs are fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. but uh, 
a lot of other guys weren't fine. You know, a lot of guys were injured pretty severely, you know what I mean? But, uh, try to, you know, gain our composure and then figure out who's the worst wounded. And then, you know, obviously call for support and, you know, a medevac and we like pulled out the guys who were the most wounded, you know what I mean? Yeah. How, I mean, how long do you, would you say that it took for the medevac to get there after the explosion went off? Like you make Um, the call and how long? Yeah. Luckily, Luckily, the crazy thing was the explosion was so big that there was a, a Amtrak unit down the road. They were like maybe like three, four miles down the road. They heard Amtrak the explosion. The train, the U.S. train. No, no. like tra- tracks, like the military, <laughs> military. <laughs> excuse me. They're like, look, they're like, we're putting, yeah, yeah, they can't even get into New York in time, but they're like over there, like they're getting people out of the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, look, the first order of business, public transportation. Public All right. Transportation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I, I use. I use that slang. They're they're AVs. They're track. They're track vehicles. Gotcha. So it's like a, okay. it, it kind of kind of looks like a tank, but they're meant to carry people. Oh, okay. So, We've seen that. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So the tail end drops down and guys get out. So like I call them fucking Amtrak. This is like a slang we used to use, but um, they're AVs. But they heard uh, the explosions, so they actually like fucking like whatever the hell they were doing. They turn around and we're like, fuck, I know there's guys over there. So they got there maybe like 10, 15 minutes after that happened. Helped oh. set up a perimeter for us, which was awesome. And then uh, we call for like the medevac and the yeah. aircraft. I mean, the aircraft there was was there pretty quick. Usually, response time is pretty quick, depending yeah. on like you know what else is going around. And we're not the only unit out there. There's other people constantly getting hurt or whatever. So, yeah. but I would say, I mean, it's hard to estimate you know time when your adrenaline's fucking pumping and guys yeah. are hurt. But I would say like it didn't seem like it was like we weren't sitting there like where's the fucking you know bird? I'm, yeah. Yeah, they came pretty quickly. Yeah. Nice. I mean, that's crazy to think like. I, I where where you're sitting at right now could you imagine seeing an explosion four miles or hearing an explosion four miles oh, yeah. away like yeah. that's how big this thing was right mm-hmm. like that's unbelievable that's terror i mean it's terrifying too as well but it's also that's unbelievable so you know and like you're not only are you messed up your brothers that you've been spending all this time with and training with and fighting with they're messed up as well so right away you have to go into leadership mode because you're 23 years old you're in charge of these you know the squad of men and this thing happens so right away you're going to leadership mode of like hey man the roofs just in case we got someone coming in get on the machine guns and let's get these really bad guys out of here anyone that can pick up a gun get your shit together and like and let's go right and i remember is this where you had you had talked about one of your buddies that had like got it in his face pretty bad right yeah my, my buddy cole i mean i talked to he was actually the guy who i told you like thought he saw some dude doing some shit weird shit he was either a scout or the guy who did it you know we don't know yeah. for sure yeah but uh cole yeah took his face got pretty tore up from some strat and all his faces like peeled off and there's a couple other guys in in bad shape too you know and there's there's yeah. guys who were injured to the point where they they didn't come back you know and they went home you know and yeah. they went home and yeah. stayed home yeah yeah but luckily out of the whole thing like thank god no one fucking died this is the crazy yeah. thing you know and everybody yeah. was like it's amazing no one died thank so, god yeah 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 exactly yep thank god man but that's still so i want to give a shout out to your friend from so what you told me right so he got pete his face got pretty messed up right like yep. the shrapnel <laughs> kind of ripped him pretty good and mm-hmm. Nick and him, they go to like obviously they have and the other guys have to get go to the medical, uh, the hospital right like the military hospital. Mm-hmm. They get their shit going, and they get repaired. And his buddy, you know, Cole could have gone back right like that's a pretty messed up injury, but he just stitched himself up and went right back out in the field. Right, Nick? Yeah, I mean he probably 
from the way his face looked, he probably could have went home. I mean, they put him under and did surgery on him for, from what I remember. I mean, uh, I don't have him here, but for, yeah, yeah. So he got surgery on his face. They sewed him back up, you know. We, so we got, we go, you get medevac to a hospital. So it went to like actually good hospital in Iraq, you know, and then U.S. surgeons, there's a lot of, you know, like regular doctors there. Yeah. Like for, for me, they pulled the shit out of my shoulder and stuff like that. And for other guys, they like took, and, they take and care the of you. nurses as much as were like all over you the whole time. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, so oh, happy birthday to us. Uh, we got <laughs> yeah. a yeah, yeah. Who hired the stripper with the shrapnel in his arm, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Hey, so, so, they were so, having Italian sausage for dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, sorry. So you're at the hospital. You're there you're they're pulling your shit out of your shoulder and your yep. buddy cole well this is go ahead I, I just remember like back, back when nick first told me this this is what, what i remember is like he was like yeah it wasn't too bad they fixed my shoulder which was fucked up i'm like that's a real uh half class full kind of lookout <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so yeah you're absolutely right pete so okay so nick go ahead buddy so what uh what kind of thing what um okay so like you're saying they took your buddy cole his face was like gibosh and they put mm -hmm. him under they had to perform major surgery on him stitched him up and you guys are back out in the field like a couple weeks later like is that yeah i mean my shoulder and the wounds i took like i mean i guess to me it wasn't that bad you know i had chunks taken out of me and stuff like that but like my yeah. shoulder hurt but it still worked and some of the other guys same deal some other guys like you got treated there and then uh you know i think from what i remember cole stayed there for a couple extra days and then I went back to like my main base and with a bunch of other guys and uh, like eventually Cole, Cole came back and, you know, he had his face all fucking bandaged and stitched up, but he was like, yeah, I didn't want to go home. He's like, I'll just fucking heal up here. And like when I can go out on patrol. And so like he healed up there for a couple more weeks and motherfucker stool came back. You know, like he stool at one point. Oh, I was shit. like, yeah, I was like, you sure you're good. And he's like, yeah, fuck it. I want to get back out there. You know? So he went back out, you know, he got, he got his shit together and went back out face stool, stitched up and everything. Dude, shout yeah. out to shout out to Cole because that's a fucking man yeah. right there. Oof, yeah. yeah, really, Jesus. that's a fucking man. He survived a yeah. massive explosion, got his shit kind of ripped on his face. Obviously, banged a couple nurses. That's what took him yeah. so long to get out of there. <laughs> and then after you guys yeah. got done, you know, going through the whole hospital with all the hot nurses, you kind of you were just right back in the field, man. That's mm. that's a fucking warrior, man. That shit. Mm. You got to have it or you don't, brother. That's, dude. Yeah. Damn. God I mean, he wasn't the only one. There's there's other, like, my, yeah. pretty much almost every guy. And so, like, that deployment in particular, it was my third deployment. I would say that pretty much every Marine in my squad, I, I can't I can't think of a name in that squad who didn't come out of that deployment with, like, you know, a Purple Heart. Like, I think everybody either got really? like, shot at one wow. point. Yeah, like, guys got shot. There's one Marine in my squad who fucking went through the ringer, man. He fucking got hit by fucking that ied he stepped on a booby trap like hand grenade you know he got shot in the helmet like so like there's, yeah, there's like, i remember you telling yeah. me about a tall guy yeah. in your unit that got shot in the helmet and just went woo like did like the rick flair <laughs> thing and was like, like back at it yeah. <laughs> i think you called him text or whatever i don't like this is years ago you told me there's a uh, i don't know if there's a guy that that particular guy got shot in the the chest and yeah, the yeah chest, he got yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he got shot in the chest and like rolled away and laughed about it. But uh, there's a Marine who was in my squad who was sitting, we we're sitting on a rooftop doing security and we hear a round crack off and I see his head like whip back and he falls. I'm like, oh fuck, he's dead. And so we grab, you know, we grab like the machine gun and you know, like we start shooting at where the gunfire came from. 
And then all of a sudden, like we go, like some of the guys go to see if he's okay and like pull off his helmet and it's like, holy shit, that just like it went through the top of his helmet and just kind of like oh, dazed, dazed him. Yeah, and he was like, what the fuck just happened? He thought somebody actually like we used to play this game where we would like take our helmet and smack another dude on top of the head of helmet. <laughs> he thought we you were it, like just doing like a beer tap yeah, on his we, head. Yeah, we used to call it turtle fucking like two helmets like hitting like a shell. <laughs> so he's like, who the fuck just turtle fuck me? He's like, bro, you just get a shot in the fucking you know the helmet. Wait, so like there's like a little gap between the top of your head and the helmet, yep. and mm-hmm. the, the 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 sniper shot it through there. Used. Lucky motherfucker. Yeah, wow. it went right through. He, the, the cool thing is they let him keep the helmet and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, that, that boy that boy saw a deployment. That was his first deployment. And uh, that's how I want to put names out there. He's out yeah. of the Marine Corps now. But yeah. he fucking – he took shrapnel from the suicide bomber. He stepped Fuck. on a booby trap, a booby trap like fucking hand grenade, and then he got Fuck. shot in the fucking helmet. So I was like, God damn, dude, you're bad fucking luck. Yeah. You know? He's a fucking packet of charms, that guy. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, I exactly. like it, but we're never going to be bunk mates with uh, yeah, your yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just make sure you get in the other Humvee. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that's unreal. That dude, Also, yeah. like, okay, so this happened right next to you. He gets shot in the helmet, right? Mm-hmm. And right away, you're thinking, like, you're calling, like, hey, get blah, 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 get blah, blah, blah. And then you manned a machine gun and shot where the fire was, even though – in your mind, hypothetically, the guy next to you just his cap just got peeled, right? Like, yeah, I thought he was. Uh, to be honest, yeah, I saw we saw him like I was. We were doing shifts on the roof, and like I just got off shift. I was like laying on the roof, like not nearby him. I just heard the round crack off, and I look over and I see him fucking drop. I'm like, oh, he's. I was like, I thought he was done. I was like, he's done. Like somebody get on him, and then we grab. You know, we grab. We had like two forty machine guns and like a couple of guns. We start fucking shooting, returning fire from where it came from, trying to get the dude. And like I said, then we look over and we're like, holy shit, he's alive. You know, like one of those things. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's unbelievable. Unreal. Yeah. So, okay. So we talked about it. Or, I mean, you know, that we'll just say, and, you know, you have like you have a list of accomplishments, Nick, that are a mile long and that should be, you know, that should be, you know, acknowledged and, and talked about. But out of respect to you, you said it. that's not what matters most to you. It's the time you spent there with the guys you're with and the things you accomplished and, and you coming back safe and things like that. And I respect that you did receive mm-hmm. a purple heart for this. And that's not, we'll just say there's more medals than that, but we won't go through all of them. Um, but so after you're done this hellacious third tour, right? You saw hell, you were through it with the ringer with your guys, you're running a squad. Some guys would say, you know what? this was a good one. Let's, let's put her in the books, but not you. After you got done your third tour, you come home and then you go to try out for what is the, what some people say is the baddest, most badass branch of the military is Marine recon. Right. So, yeah. So you go after you're done your third tour, you're like, look, I'm, I'm pretty badass, but I could be more badass. So let's go join and try out for Marine Recon. So what was the, because it's MOS training again, but it's MOS Mm -hmm. Recon training, right? Yep. Yeah, so. so, Go ahead. uh, I'll say originally my unit, like I was a second battalion, seven Marines. That was my unit for infantry. Uh And uh, they were slated to go like off cycle from, you know, the Iraq, Afghan deployment. So initially they actually ended up going over to Afghanistan, but 
I had worked with recon guys while I was in Iraq and saw them and I thought they're fucking, you know, badass, you know, and I was like, damn, that's something I want to do, you know, later in the Marine Corps. Yeah. So uh, I knew that my unit was um, like going off cycle. They weren't going to another deployment, a combat deployment. So I was like, all right, this time, time to leave. I think actually like looking back on if they were going on another deployment, I probably would have stayed of my unit because, you know, I love the dudes I work with, you know, and but at the yeah. time I'm like, they're not going back to combat at this point which is crazy because they wound up doing that anyway, but I went to, uh, it's called lateral move. I lat moved into the reconnaissance MOS, or I, at least I went to, like, went and tried out and then, you know, went to the schooling for it. The schooling's like a whole, like, tryout pretty much. What, what, what do you, like, what do you do at a tryout? Is it kind of like an athletics tryout where they're physically testing you and they'll do like a mental test and like a tactical yeah. test or what's going down? <laughs> I mean, now it's like a little more formalized, like they actually have like a regimental thing. But like at the time, based off of my like based off of my experience, like I was a sergeant, had a couple of combat deployments. They made sure like I could swim and like swim really well and run really well. And then they gave me a seat to the, the school. They were just like, well, well th this is not in your file. So we'll just make sure you can do these things so that we can put you wherever. <laughs> yeah. They're like, look, we were reviewing your stuff. You kind of got everything covered. We just want to make sure you can flap around in the water a little bit and that yeah. you don't die after a mile, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I mean, the, the swimming's pretty serious. Like, yeah. it's actually pretty pretty decent. Like, you have to be a decent swimmer to make through, but... Uh, oh, really? Yeah, so, yeah, you have to be a pretty decent swimmer. But, what, um, what yeah, so I... Of well, what kind yeah, of Nick, so, uh, yeah. just like so some of the things that like yeah, as civilians we've heard is like oh seals they drop them all 50 miles off the coast of florida and they have to make it back is is there like truth to any of these stories or like anything that you've heard or what, what's I, I don't know if, uh, seal stories or something different but uh <laughs> there's a whole well, other thing yeah yeah there's don't get it twisted about the seals all right we're talking yeah. to a fucking marine recon pete yeah. okay <laughs> the seals can go fucking stunad for all we care here all right so Go, go ahead. So, sorry. Sorry, Nick. So, you're... I mean, the, the, swimming's, the swimming's like if you're not a good swimmer, you're going to, you know, that you spend like hours in the fucking pool, like treading right. water, like diving deep, like retrieving rifles. Yeah. You do like rescues, like learn how to like, re you're swimming, like pulling another guy, you know, stuff like that. And then like, oh, wow. Throughout, yeah, you have to not only be able to swim yourself, you'll be able to like rescue other guys in your Take team people. if somebody's fucked up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, yeah. I mean, the school, I think. I can't remember how long school is. I know it fluctuates, but the school's probably around another like 13 weeks. And, you know, you do a whole like, it's pretty much like the first 21 days is made, or at least when I went through the first 21 days is like all physical. You're fucking like running and running. You're running with like a pack on your back. You're fucking, you know, swimming. Every, like pretty much you run every morning. You're swimming every day and fucking like running at night. And it's like really, really physical. And then we went to like a patrol phase where you learn how to like, you know, patrol and some of the, tactics of like being a recon marine yeah and then then you go it's called amphiphase and you go down to another location and you're doing like so it's probably kind of builds you up you learn how to swim in the pool then they put you in the fucking ocean and you know what i mean the ocean is like the equalizer <laughs> like ocean is a whole different story from you yeah, know sharks whole different story from pool yeah exactly so well, like, you <laughs> then there's swim, a, like you're swimming against the tide sometimes and yep. yeah oh my yep. god yeah, there's a uh, so we do like the whole ocean phase and stuff like that. So, um, would, would you say, like, because you had done so much already, like the tours and like the boot camps and your MOS infantry training and things like that, would you say that the swimming was the hardest part of the Marine Recon tryout and training? I mean, uh, for, for most guys, 
it was for for me like i was lucky i don't know i'm like a natural swimmer even though i was never on like a swim yeah, team but we, I, I think i was like yeah we've yeah. established you're the best looking guy and not only are you the best looking guy you're an adonis and a star athlete so of course <laughs> swimming swimming was just fine right nick Look, yeah. people had to fine. swim between you know the main boot in sicily and that was nick his ancestors oh, yeah. were just yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, his grandfather was like, look, how do you think we got on the beach in the first place? We fucking swam there, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? So, swam the channel. Yeah. Yeah, there is there is one one thing, though. When I was uh, while I was going through BRC, it was uh, like last – I think it was like – it was towards the last week of the course. Um, so there's a uh, – I guess an ailment you can get. It's called swimming-induced pulmonary edema. So pretty much what, yes. is, what is from – have you ever heard of Sipes before? It, this no. is from like scuba diving, right? Scuba divers. No, it's not from stuba. Well, oh, scuba. Well, scuba divers can you? You, I guess they could do it. So pretty much like, um, it's from like being extremely physically exerted, and then if you inhale any type of water, which we yeah. did pretty often and stuff like that. Yeah. So if you inhale any water, which I think I did at some point, and then you're physically exerting yourself, the capillaries in your lungs start to pop, and you start your lungs start bleeding pretty much from the inside out. So. Uh, towards the last, like, I think it was the last week of the course, I was fucking doing a swim, and my chest feels really fucking tight, and I'm like, ah, oh, what's going on? And I started, like, spitting out blood, and I was like, oh, this isn't Jesus. good. So I was like, I was like, all right, I have, like, another 500 meters to go. I'm just going to suck it up and, like, push it out, and I'm finning, 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 and then all of a sudden, I was, like, black out in the water, and luckily, there was an instructor. There was an instructor nearby. He, like, fished me out. He, you know, he saw me, like, he was just, like, I saw you finning, and he just started going underwater and started disappearing. So he like fished me out. Uh, they pulled me out of the water. So yeah. just to, let's 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 talk about this. So yeah. you're in the ocean, right? Yeah. You've been doing the training. You've been doing the flippity flappity with the swimming, right? Yeah. You're swimming, and you're like, ooh, little tight, little tight. Then all of a sudden, you spit up blood. Mm. spitting up blood in an ocean sharks love blood you're in the ocean no big deal not yeah. only you're splitting up spitting up blood and your lungs are tight you're like well i only have 500 more yards to go i'll spit up the blood and make it in anyway right yeah, i mean i had time i had time to meet i was like i gotta make this fucking time you know and like <laughs> i was like i'll worry about when i get to the fucking you know worry about when i get to the dock you know yeah yeah so, i'll worry about this whole spitting up blood thing after i get there yeah, you yeah. know jesus yep. christ dude that's a fucking you're a different level brother you're a different yeah. that's why hey man that's why you're fucking marine recon bro that's what, like so they, that's that's why they wanted you and that's why you're like they they're comfortable with you leading men in combat because of things like that you don't like you're the mission is the objective you don't care if yeah. you're spitting up blood you're fucking completing the mission. Goddamn right. So right, what going. happened to me, the moral of the story is, yes, I was being extremely, like, I guess, hard-headed. But uh, because I continued on, I actually put myself in the ICU for about a week. So I was in the ICU for <laughs> oh, damaged geez. lungs for about a, about a week. And uh, so that I pretty much blacked out. I, what I remember is they put, like, eventually I remember waking up on the dock. And in the time that I passed out, I, miss, I must have ingested more water. So I'm, like, literally on the dock throwing up like water and blood out of my lungs and oh, they call ambulance take me to the hospital uh i was in the icu for maybe like uh, like a week and then uh 
recovered from more, that. More like, nurses in the ICU. Of yeah, course. exactly. So, yeah, yeah, more, more nurses. Like, oh, somebody <laughs> yeah. brought in the beef stroganoff. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. Oh, who did us a favor? Hmm, ICU too. Thursdays <laughs> are back. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so you're in the ICU. You're spitting up blood, and like, so, but, but was this during training or the tryout? No, it was it was during the school, so it was in the reconnaissance school. So what happened was usually they they uh, so I didn't quit, you know what I mean. So they were like, they let me gave me time. So I took about like uh, I did like a week in the hospital, then I did like another two weeks to kind of like let my lungs heal by like the order of the doctor. Yeah. And I was just like, I want to fucking finish this goddamn thing. So yeah. like I went and jumped back into training and like finished that portion. That I had to re- like that phase was two weeks, so I picked up from that beginning of that phase and like finished out that phase and the funny thing was i think it was like i think i may have jumped into a little earlier but there was a point where i'm like swimming in the water and like start coughing up a little blood i'm like come on let's let's fucking just make it and you know i eventually i eventually made it my lungs weren't fully healed but i i you know i made it through that and then graduated you know the the recon school or beer and face reconnaissance course right yeah because at that point i was just like i just want to be done with this you're like look i'm fucking over this whole swimming and flapping thing Yes, yeah, I don't care how much blood I spit up. I'm making it. We're doing this. Yeah. You're like, yeah. pass me. Just uh, don't make me do this shit. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah. that's fucking badass. So, like, not like you let, I wonder what the normal rate of like recovery, like the normal recovery time is for the lung spitting out blood gimmick. I'm sure it's longer than yeah. two weeks. But uh, I was, it was like, I was like about three weeks. I was in the hospital, then like another two, like three weeks, like not in oh, the hospital. Oh, oh, oh yeah. yeah, I'm still, I'm still sure it's longer than three weeks. It might be, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you're yeah. right back at it. You do the same test again, and like you're do the same course again, and same kind of thing. And you're just like, fuck it, I'm not letting the blood stop me this time. And you kind of no. like willed your body to be like, hey, fuck hole, get your shit together, let's yeah. go. Yeah, this yeah, time yeah. the blood was spinning up Nick Galante. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think what happened was uh the event. I I think I had like they would give us sometimes like a Saturday off, and I think what happened was like I started like spinning up a blood on Friday, and I was like, I know I have tomorrow off, like I'll just rest tomorrow or something like that. Jesus <laughs> Christ! I was like, I make it through this shit again. So, but uh, I went yeah. up being okay, you know, being okay, and made it through that that last portion of the. Course. You're here now. Incredible. Yeah, yeah, I'm here now. Yeah, dude, that's so badass, man. That is so like, dude. That's like one of the things I preach when I talk to the kids about like boxing and fighting and things like that number one thing is mental toughness right like mm-hmm. soon, like people don't realize you like your body feels pain right but you don't have to stop right away right like mm-hmm. you eventually like just know like the pain's there it doesn't mean your body's quitting if you stop because it hurts that means you're quitting like your body will stop itself so you should go until like your body tells you quit and that's where you're at like you're so mentally tough that spitting up blood didn't bother you, your body had to pass out and almost drown for you to be like, hey, asshole, when we spit up blood, you know? But yeah, still, it's coming from somewhere. Yeah. And then it's somewhere yeah. you need it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, usually we're breathing instead of spitting blood. So just an FYI next time. But still, you did it yeah. again, and it didn't fucking matter. <laughs> yeah, I was like, fuck it, I'm done with this shit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So you're uh, so you do the Marine Corps, you do the MOS training and MOS recon training, and then now you're gonna then you go to Japan, right? And yep. you're made a recon yep. team leader. Talk to us about that. What happened there? 
Yeah, so after your recon schooling, you get assigned to a battalion, and uh, I went to the third recon battalion is out in Okinawa, Japan. So yes. I went out there, and I, sh I showed up, and um, I went with a company, and the, the leadership of the company kind of felt me out, and they're like, based off of my like past combat experience, they're like, we want you to become... I wasn't expecting to be a team leader at first because I'm like, oh, I'm Nick the new guy, you know what I mean? But yeah. they're like, nah, based off of your deployments to Iraq, like we're about to go to Afghanistan. So we want you to take over as a recon team leader. So oh, I went yeah. from, you know, being Nick the new guy to like, here's your, you know, here's, here's your, your recon. Yeah. yeah, here's your, you're going to be a team leader for this platoon. And, you know, uh, we're going to go through, we went through like, um, I think I, I went through some, some initial training. Like, I think I told you I had to go to SEER school first. You know, I went yeah. to SEER school first yeah. and then, I joined up my team and, you know, did a whole workup and then we were heading to Afghanistan. So the SEER school, that is the, that's like the Navy SEAL stuff, right? Um, every branch kind of has their own own thing, but SEER is, yeah, I mean, can't talk too much about SEER schools, so, but okay. it's, yeah, it's yeah. I mean, you can look up what it is. It's, yeah. it's, it teaches you how to, how to survive in like, you know, a situation where you may be separated, you know what I mean, from your team, like pilots have to go through it. <laughs> Yeah, so is this like that guy? Remember that guy that like uh, his his plane crashed in like Bulgaria or whatever, and he had to like live on rainwater and bugs. Like, is that Seer yep. school? Like, oh, just like yeah, what what is around you and how can you you make it? Wow, wow. exactly. It, it teaches you stuff like that. You know, like does it teach I'm, you about like Hollywood. getting captured and stuff? Yeah, so it teaches that as well. So like, what to do in a captivity situation as well. So what you willingly put yourself into a captivity role simulation? Jesus, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you as, have to. as you have to because the way that recon recon teams operate in small yeah. teams, so you know, in the event that it happens, you have to be prepared for that. So, yeah. Jesus. Well, you know what? None, none of them could attack him as much as his own lungs attacked him. You know, he I don't know shit, bad, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, what are you gonna do? Torture me so I spit up blood again? <laughs> Been there, pussy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. So you do your seer. So you do Japan. You do your SEER training, right? And then now you're 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 a team leader, but now you're starting the training for Afghanistan, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So then you do your training for Afghanistan. Where did you do the training for Afghanistan? Was that in Japan or? Yeah, so, some in Japan. We did a couple uh, locations. Like we went to Japan. I think we were in Korea for a while because Korea okay. has some training facilities there. Yeah. And then uh, we went to like Nevada. We came back to the United States and some training because Nevada has. Uh, an environment very yeah. similar like a desert in the mountains very similar like what's in afghanistan oh, so okay I'm training there yeah right. yeah exactly so like, okay. is that a big thing with the u.s military is that one of the things that, like makes us like our military great is that we do have like all this different terrain we can train yeah. on i guess a lot of countries like they are either like oh we're a mountainous country we're a planar country in the u.s we kind of have the great plains we had the rockies we kind of got like everything we can train in yeah, like if if you ever go to the Twenty on Palms, California, it there's no fucking difference in the environment in Twenty on Palms, California, than is in Iraq. Like they look exactly really? the same. Yeah, like the Mojave Desert is where Twenty on Palms, California is. It looks is very similar to Iraq. It's crazy. So like really? that's where everybody that's where everybody used to go. Like Marine Corps wide, a lot of units would go to Iraq or go to Twenty on Palms to train before yeah, they go yeah, to yeah. Iraq. I've heard about Iraq. this. Yeah, yeah I've, I've heard about this city. Yeah, it's like its own little thing, like the Emerald Isle out in uh, California. Mm, yeah, like you're, you're desert, away from yeah. the beach you're, yeah it's just like a desert in the middle of like everyone else is in the middle of paradise and you're just sitting here in the desert like what the fuck if i went five miles this way or 20 miles this way <laughs> yeah <laughs> my uh one time we got uh maybe i think it was uh, is the mojave's in 
in Cal what is the Sahara? No, Sahara's in like Af Africa. Africa. Yeah, Africa. Mojave's so in California. I think it might have been the Mojave Desert where we got my family got a flat tire one time. It was my mom, my grandma, and me, my brother, and my two brothers and my sister. My dad wasn't there. So my mom had as a parent. She was four kids and like an elderly grandma in a Volvo station wagon in the middle of the Mojave Desert, and she gets a flat tire. So she was not happy with this yeah. situation. Yeah. And then I threw up as soon as we were pulled over, and I was like, we're going to die. <laughs> I throw up. And then uh, my mom grabbed like a towel out of the back and was like waving somebody down and someone like pulled over and helped us. But yeah, eventually we had to call like a tow truck or something and get out of there. But yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that was my experience with Mojave Desert. A little mm -hmm. different from yours, but you know, yeah, yeah. something still, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. So let's keep going. So now your third or fourth tour, right? You're with mm -hmm. the third recon battalion, right? Yep. And then you went to Afghanistan. So this was kind of like, uh, you know, like you've done Iraq and everything like that. But what is like, it, the, were things a little different? Like what were the raids? Like you're doing raids in Afghanistan. Like what was going on there? Um, yeah, like recon works a little differently. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We had like teams dedicated to doing surveillance on things. And then we had teams and platoons dedicated to like, we get given a, a location or a you know, target and go do a raid on the compound. Or we also go to different areas that not many U.S. forces have been to before and kind of get like a feel for how that area was and if, what the enemy presence was in those areas and stuff like that. So uh, we were, I mean, Recon's a small unit, so we operated like like small teams and platoon levels. So like, you know, standard infantry goes out with a lot of, you know, a lot of people, a lot of ass. We would be kind of like out independently operating, you know, and really when, we, when I was in Afghanistan, my particular like, company was a jack all trades pretty much whatever they want us to do we went and did it like i said we did everything from like raids to surveillance to like uh like shaping the battlefield and figure out where like the enemy was and stuff so it was it was a a big it was like a different different feel for what i was doing in infantry yeah. infantry i was just like here's your ao go patrol you know and recons like we need you to do these specific things you know for us and it was you know a little more i guess it was like a little higher higher level than what i was doing before we we're a little more independent you know what i mean yeah. like like we had, they, they, I guess like the, we were able to do things I wasn't able to do like, in, you know, in the infantry, you know what I mean? Like a more independent, like flexible unit to do stuff. And it was, yeah. it was awesome. It was like, for me, it was, it was great. Like they let you be like, make more decisions and like be more free thinkers and, you know, yeah. like uh, independently operate. Like they wouldn't, they would tell you what the mission was, but you kind of more or less like were able to figure out how to do it. Like within your own like platoon leadership and stuff. They weren't like, difference. yeah, you have to do this. Yeah xx and the other you were like here's the the mission however you want to however you exactly. kind of get it yeah. on yeah they exactly. kind of like yep. told you like yep. look this is what we need you to do do it however you need to do it just get it mm -hmm. done and this yep. is your battlefield this is what you have to take with yep. you good luck were you more mm -hmm. in like a mountainous like rural area or were you in the cities um well we were like i said we were jack jack all trades as they call it. so yeah. I, I we went everywhere out there i was in the mountainous area one time i was in the cities you know i was along like the borders and stuff like that, so whatever they needed to do so uh pretty much all we were all over uh we're in an area called hellman so we we're all over the area pretty much and the border was it like the, the pakistani border was that the border that was the, the big concern mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yep oh wow so you're oh so you were like 
Oh man, so you were like right in this shit then. Jesus Christ. We were, we were all over. I mean, like we operated like all over the place, like wherever they needed us to do something, we went and, you know, so did, like did wherever. What kind of was the deployment like? So like you would be deployed, you'd be sent over, you would stay at like a base, right? Mm -hmm. And then you're at your base, they're like, "All right, Marine Recon, 3rd third, third, third Battalion, right? Third yeah, 3rd Recon Battalion. Third yeah. Recon Battalion, we need you to go to this place by the border, and this is your mission. Do it, and then we'll see you when you get back. Is that kind of yep. yeah? So we went out as a company, so it's Third Recon Bravo Company, and uh, yeah, like we had a couple platoons, and then like based off of like who was available, like they pretty much divvy out like the, what the missions or work what each platoon was, and like I said, they gave us an assignment. We were we we had a main like operate you know like a, a base we operated up. And they gave us like a, uh, you know our platoon commander officer received like a mission. Then we go execute that mission. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. okay. So you're in Afghanistan. You're with Third Recon. So this is something I did want to ask. In Generation Kill, right? They there's like in the beginning they're on like a base, right? When you guys are on a base, mm -hmm. like you guys are kind of like the big swinging dicks on a base if you're Marine Recon, right? Like you're on a military base like if you're like a special like your guys are considered special forces kind of so like if you're a special forces unit like you're fucking pretty cool like people see you like yo, yo that's fucking recon right there right you know what i mean so what is the deal like they were wearing like black beanie caps or something in the first episode like is there any significance to that or is that just for the show uh yeah i mean recon wears like different like pt gear and we have different gear compared to like the basic infantry guy you know what i mean but uh i mean we look different because we have a different mission like you know what i mean like our body armor is different our helmets yeah. are different yeah. you know what i mean like a, a big thing is recon wears like all black like pt gear the rest of the marine corps wears yeah. like the you see the marine corps they wear like the green on we call it green on green yeah. and the recon wears the pure pure black pt gear i think that's yeah. what they're i haven't seen generation kill a long time but i'm pretty sure that's what it was but um we, yeah uh, i just look a little different yeah we um so my dad like i said 82nd airborne first rangers and he had his it was all black his gear too right like his mm -hmm. fatigues i think they're called right were mm -hmm. were all black and i remember he gave them to me and i used to wear them when we did paintball and i remember playing <laughs> and like well, like I, <laughs> I know it's stupid but like i remember someone saying like dude you are like invisible when you're out there and i'm like well it's just black he's like it doesn't matter like if you're in like the shade of a tree right like it like i don't know i guess maybe it's how they design them or something like that but would you say as far as like the camouflage goes like depending on the area you're in obviously if you're in sand it's going to be you know different or whatever but mm -hmm. would you say like the black fatigues were better than the normal camo or did it not make a difference to you i mean we don't have all black was he talking about i don't know what he used back in the day probably some crazy shit but yeah for like iraq and afghanistan we use desert i'm sure you see marines in like desert yeah. pattern and then like yeah. for a jungle or like forest environment we'll we'll change our uniform based off of where we're going yeah but uh i think the uniforms we have now are better than the old like they call them tricolors or just like kind of blobs yeah they have, like the digital pattern which which work pretty well nice nice okay so you're over there you're doing your thing you're going out on different deployments and stuff and this is with third recon right so yep. you would mm -hmm. stay with third recon for your fifth deployment and your sixth deployment were all were the fourth, fifth, and sixth deployments always in Afghanistan? 
No, so let me see. I did uh, well, three, four. I, I know, I'm trying to count them up right now because there's so many of them. So well, I think like, I did. I, <laughs> are we allowed to talk about them? Because I don't want to get you in any shit, you know? Um, like, we don't have to go see. in depth or whatever. And we can just say you were with them for these deployments. We don't have to say, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I was Afghanistan, third recon. So I did two deployments out of third recon. So I got back from one, then went on another one about, I, I would say I was only, I was back from Afghanistan for maybe like month and a half two months and then i deployed like right away again Jesus with uh Christ. With, yeah just i went out just with like a 12-man team on that one dude <laughs> so you were doing something you were doing something it was just you and 12-man team fucking doing something uh so damn so Dude, so is it fair to say that, like, since you were a Marine, since you went over on your first tour, like, between then, like, you spent more time deployed than at home, right? Yeah, I would say probably shit. I don't know. Yeah, the first, like, excluding five, six like years. the last few years, right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I spent a lot of time overseas. Thus, the reason why I'm like just recently have a fucking child and a wife. I mean, that, that type of life is not good for the family. I can tell you that. Yeah. So, yeah. so if Nick was going to run for uh, office and not be a carpetbagger, he'd have to be a senator of Iraq or Afghanistan. Jesus Christ, man. That's incredible. So, okay. So let's keep it going. So you're with third recon and like, look, if we say anything or get on a topic that you can't talk about, just tell us and, mm -hmm. we, and we'll just, we'll skip it, man. Sure. I don't want you to just slot us down. Yeah. Just, we're not, we're not trying to yeah, yeah. have you say anything that you shouldn't say. You've already said so much and we're so thankful. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk about this. So your fifth and sixth deployments with third recon, then you finished a training school and went to the West coast. So you're with third recon, but there was another training school. What was that training school for before you went to the West coast or at the West coast? Yeah. So I did Afghan deployment, came back, did another deployment. It was, uh, like I said, it was a, uh, small task force. Team. We went, yeah. Yeah. Small team task force. We went and did, did yeah. something like that. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, something came like back that. from that. Yeah. Assassinated then, uh, a political figure. Yeah. Something like that. No, it wasn't, it wasn't any crazy. It wasn't any crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, uh, then I came back from that and, like typically the the way it kind of works now and before was like when you go to the base reconnaissance course you graduate that then you go to like a series of schools you know what i mean like that that kind of they're called insert schools or just specialized training so but like at the time that i went recon they're like you only need seer school because you ain't doing anything else like that you're just going you know we need to get you to like uh out you know we need to get you to a team yeah. and like probably deploy so eventually like i came back from that other deployment and then i had some like time before i had to leave japan because i was at i was supposed to be in japan for like three years like you're supposed to be there for like three years you had a three-year like duration with that unit so i went to uh get back from the deployment and they sent me to army airborne school so army airborne schools right. where you're, you're yeah you're jumping out of uh you know c-130s and it's what static camp, line shoot. what camp were you what fort were you at um what is that um is the one in georgia yeah it's in georgia for ben yeah. or, uh fort benning georgia, benning, benning, georgia. yeah yep. Oh yeah, wow! Yeah, so that's that's where the school's been there forever. I mean, it's a whole yeah. That's where my dad it. went. Yeah. Yep. That's where Rambo went. went to, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rambo went. Yep. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's called Fry's 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 uh, Drop Zone is a famous drop zone in that place. Nice. But yeah, so I went. I went to that, and then uh, directly after that, I was lucky. I went to military free fall. The static line is like jumping from. You're only jumping from like fifteen hundred feet. You know, which is pretty low. So. And then you go to military free fall. I went to military free fall after that. And you're going from 
uh, higher higher altitude. So you're jumping somewhere around like ten to thirteen thousand with that. So and hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa! You're jumping out of a plane at thirteen thousand feet, isn't it? Like yeah, isn't that like the? But isn't that like really low, right? No, so static line we do static line that's 1500 feet so you'll you'll see like the you know see the aircraft at you know 1500 feet that's pretty pretty uh pretty low but when you go it's to, like the movie congo right when they're jumping out with the gorilla in there or yeah it pulls a parachute for you if you ever seen oh, like Band yeah. Of, you know, okay. yeah you ever seen yeah, band yeah. of brothers when yeah. they jump out and yep. the parachute gets pulled for yeah. you then the then lines there you just jump out and it's uh, you, they, yeah. no worries yeah you yeah, you hold your balls and hope for the best. That's pretty much it. <laughs> or that's also in Rambo too, where Rambo gets stuck against the plane because it does, the line doesn't break and he's just like getting oh, yeah, dragged. Yeah. We're we're seeing a lot of similarities between <laughs> the military and Rambo. Yeah, really exactly. starting to think that you know you, the military gets a lot of its strategy from Rambo. Just I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so okay, so you're going through the what was uh, line? What was it? Stra track line training. Yes. So airborne teach you uh, static line jumping. So really yeah, just jump out of the aircraft. It fucking pulls it for yourself. Yeah. So that's like a three-week course. And uh, you do like a couple jumps out of that one. Then mm -hmm. after that one, oh, they my my unit gave me a school seat to uh, free fall, like military free fall. So that's the one where you're really high, like I said, like 13,000 feet. And then you jump out and you're you're in free fall for a certain period of time, depending on how, how high you are. And then you pull your own parachute and then you control your canopy. It's kind of like what you see like regular skydivers doing, but you're you're doing that in military aspect. So, and that's a three week long school. It's awesome. I mean, you just do a ton of jumps and learn how to like fly and fly your canopy and stuff. Man. So really, really fun. Do they teach you to like how, like, is there a thing where you would ever have to shoot down on, a, on like an enemy from the air? Like if you're being deployed into a combat zone, right? Is that a thing or no? Because I guess well, they don't they don't want you to deploy with a loaded weapon like in your hand, right? That's like super dangerous. No, you have it rigged to your side. I mean, the okay. purpose of the purpose of military freefall is you land undetected. So you oh, know, I mean, see. you can yeah, you land undetected. So that's you're so high up, you release. No one should be able to technically oh, see you. Goes the radar. Okay, so yeah, I had exactly. it backwards. So you're all, so you're so high up, like you're off radar that mm -hmm. like they're like look we're dropping you and unless they're like combing the skies they're not mm -hmm. seeing it. and is it usually yeah. like where you train like you would train would it be at night more times than often yeah you you build yourself up they build you up in the school and then once you get back to your unit you do a lot of sustainment training with that but yeah you'd you'd build to uh like you do all daylight stuff then you go into nighttime stuff and then like when you get back to your home unit you start even doing higher altitudes and we like we'll rig up like oxygen so like once we're up to a certain altitude we have to breathe like oxygen to make sure we don't pass out like because yeah. of how high we're up and stuff like that so um wow. i think you're like oh yeah, we have to make sure we don't get hit by lightning when we're jumping out of the plane yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> you're like look guys i got this whole thing where i spit blood and it doesn't really matter so if you see me doing that when i jump out don't worry it's just a yeah it doesn't matter yeah yeah <laughs> i think the so, highest the highest ever it was up i think uh we did a, it was a training a training mission in hawaii but we did a 25,000 feet jump into – so, like, when I exited, you can see, like, the fucking island. So it was pretty high up. Wow. Or did you land on the island or in the water? We landed on the island, you know, and you, you were yeah. in free fall. You were in free fall for a pretty long time. I think you're you falling for about, like, maybe two minutes, somebody before you deploy your parachute. Jesus. What? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, it was fun. It was a fun jump. It was cool. I mean, yeah, like, dude. Uh, like, awesome. Dude, you're getting paid. Like, Pete, you went skydiving. How much did you have to pay to go skydiving? Yeah, I spent $300. At, uh, I spent, Nick, I, I took a chick skydiving. I had to spend $300 and lose 25 pounds in two days to take her skydiving. No, sure. the weight awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, ended, and he did it, but he had to pay for that. You're kind of, you're getting paid to learn how to skydive and do all these cool Pretty things, Pretty much, man. yeah. It's, like, it's dude, awesome, this... awesome school, awesome thing. To, you know, like, yeah. I'm, I feel privileged I can do that in the military. I end up going that path. Like, re- it's I better mean, than uh, working yeah. in Excel all day. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. agreed. <laughs> yeah. Very much agreed. And also, you're saying it is a, you, it is a privilege what you get to do, but don't mm-hmm. think for a second you didn't fucking earn it, man. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you've been through the shit. There's a reason, like, that you're with these units, you know, like there's a reason they said, Hey, you're coming in right away and you're a leader, right? Like you fucking earn these things, you know, like I wanted to ask this when, so, okay. So like in generation kill the, one of the main characters, you know, him, it's Colbert, but everyone calls him Iceman, right? Do you, do you like, I, I guess that's just like a, is that like a joke or, or I mean, yeah, you I, know, think it's just, I think it's a joke. So, I mean, I don't know him super well, but I, I've, he was, it's funny because I think he was actually working down in Benning when I went through airborne. I met him, I met him at that point and a couple other times in passing. Like I was never like in the same platoon or anything yeah. with him or anything, but I, I know, know him. I've met him a couple of times now. I mean, I, I think shit. I mean, I've seen him like years ago. I imagine he's out by now. You know what I mean? I'm pretty yeah. sure he got like years, years back. But he, is there like nicknames like that? Do you have a nickname? Like Kid Salami Galante or something? <laughs> Kid Salami. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, guys have, guys have like nicknames like here or there or whatever. They yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't think of anything like really cool off the top of my head. Well, like, I mean, but, but the thing is like, you're, so we'll get into what you're doing now, but you're a veteran, right? Like there's people like, the, like, you know, like there's like lore in the military. Like you're like, if you've been around so much, you've done so many things, like there's men that have served with you and things like that. And, but there's young guys coming up that see you and see the things you've done. And they're like, this is a hard son of a bitch. And like, they'll say like, dude, he did this. I saw him. You know what this, it, and Matt, I heard you know, he did this, you know, I was watching like master and commander recently. And like, people are like, Oh, like this is captain Jack, whatever that made it through this shit and that shit. Like, is that like, Oh, this is, this is Nick Galante. And he's yeah. the guy that someone like drove the like the fucking truck into the building yeah. and he yeah. made it out and like all that kind of shit. Like, dude, like, yeah, like those, is there any H- like that lore yeah. with, with officers or, 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 or yeah. you know, just like older enlistees. Well, like that's the thing. Like the guys in that in that uh, Amtrak unit, right? They're like, bro, we came onto this fucking site, and this place there was a crater ten feet deep, and these guys survived this blast, and they were like, you know, torn. Some of them were torn up pretty good, but they were still fucking fighting. Like, yeah, one guy had his face sons. blown off, and yeah. he came back with it. One like, guy's three shoulder, days, like, yeah. like all that kind of. <laughs> one guy's shoulder ruined the tattoo he had about a wolf howling at the moon that he got when he was sixteen. <laughs> you know. This, these guys have been through it you know what i mean like that kind of shit spreads around you know like the the trap like there's some kind of like military gossip in a way where it's like swapping legendary stories right like doesn't that happen i mean i'm i'm sure like i i try not to like i try not to go around and like you know big dick people if you want to call it like yeah. i i try to let yeah you're not like, going in there like oh you have a story i have a better story kind of yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. i mean if, i mean i try to like make my current like work like speak for itself versus walk yeah. in the room and be like fuck all you i've been to iraq you know like i, I just yeah. like if someone if someone asked me about it you know what i mean i will tell them about it and obviously some of the things i know like when it comes to tactics and stuff is stuff i learned along the way 
but like I don't walk in the room and announce that I'm a Iraq Afghan veteran unless somebody particularly yeah. asks. You know, yeah. and like it's not not usually the the slogan I guess you say or the un, unspoken slogan within the recon community is silent professionals. So you're like you don't speak, but you let your actions like speak for yourself. Dude, you, know you I mean? don't. Well, you don't have to speak. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're you're confident enough in yourself and your accomplishments and your time served that you don't fucking have to say a goddamn thing because yeah. you're fucking marine fucking recon. God damn, that is. I guess it's more of like a bad. situation where it's like, oh, like, oh, we're going into this new spot, and someone's like, oh, we got so and so, we we got Nicolante who's done this, that, and the other. We're not we're we're not as nervous about it going so, into the shit. You know what I, I mean? Like, uh, I I'll say this. This is exactly what I'm talking about. So I'll say this. So me and Nick, we sat together at lunch when we were, I think, sophomores and juniors in high school. Right, Nick. So we yeah, sat so. at the same lunch table and I remember there's a guy that sat there with us. Right. And he was like a smaller guy, but great, good dude, real good dude. Right. I won't say his name cause I want to out him, but real good dude, like real kind of like, you know, cool guy. Right. And like, we had a bunch of cool guys at our table and we were just like messing around and like having fun, like doing our thing. And I remember like, but we were underclassmen. So we were also like kind of nervous of like, oh, we don't want to get in a fight with the upperclassmen or like the other, like some other people, whatever. And I remember this guy, I was like, dude, what the fuck? Like, do you think anything's going to happen if we sit here? Like we're blah, blah, blah. And I remember this guy leaning over me. He was like, dude, we have fucking Nick Galante sitting at our table. Do you think anything's going to fucking happen to us? <laughs> and in my mind, I'm like, you're right. No one's fucking with Nick. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And if they do, they're in fucking trouble. So that's kind of like, that's kind of the same thing. Like that happened back when we were in high school. That still happens now. Like if you go out on a mission, right, there might be some guys that are nervous for their mission, but then they see Master exactly, Sergeant that's Galante. What I'm yeah. They see Master Sergeant Galante and they're like, we're fucking fine. Master Sergeant Galante's here. Nothing like we're good, you know. Like that's fucking. He's the guy awesome. in uh in uh in, uh, in Starship Troopers. He's the guy with the metal hand. Or he's like, all right, we're uh yeah. Rep yeah. checks roughnecks. Get, yeah, get yeah, in yeah. line. Yeah. Like. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I would, I would, my mission, my goal to make them, you know, like be well prepared and trained before they do anything anyway. So exactly, would, yeah, yeah. See, that's why you're a good leader because you want to instill the confidence, self confidence in themselves. Where they're like, you know, instead well, of saying, I yeah. think the thing is like they just know that they're not going to be unprepared if they're under your command. Like basically, they're like, all right, if, if this guy's here, we know we're at least we'll know what to expect. We'll yeah. be as prepared as we possibly can, and we'll know he won't. He wouldn't do anything. He wouldn't ask. You wouldn't ask them to do anything. You wouldn't do yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. a sign of a great leader. Yeah, dude, man, dude, that's fucking awesome. But the fact that it's been happening since we were, you know, sixteen years old, that's fucking pretty cool. So okay. So let's talk about this. So like we said, you did your, with third recon after your other deployments, you came back and you did, you finished your training and got your jump training and everything like that. Then you went to what's called force recon, right? Yep. And so Pete, it's like this. There's the United States Marine Corps is made up of a ton of badasses, right? Then they take the all-stars from the United States Marine Corps and they become recon Marines, right? So they're the all-stars of the badasses, right? Then there's another group inside the recon group that's called force recon. And they're the all-star badasses of the recon Marines, which are the badasses of the Marines, which the Marines are just the badasses of people, right? So you have to understand if you're in force recon, you're a bad motherfucker right 
So Nick, after he got done his airborne, like his airborne or airborne training and everything like that, he comes back and he's on force recon, right, Nick? Yeah. So I'll leave third recon and then yeah, go to first recon, then get put in the force company. And the, I mean, Matt, you talk everything up, but the, the, the company <laughs> at the time, and it's been restructured, the military restructures itself like all the time. But at the time the company had like the more, like, I guess it was, it was a, it was a good company. It had a lot of seasoned, like senior Marines and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? So it was, it was good company, uh, well, well established, good leadership and stuff like that. So it was the, at the time, like back in, I think it was like 2011, I think it was like the best best place to be in my opinion is a great organization to be a part of and then like it ebbs and it ebbs and flows in our community you know like like anything else like right now it might be still the best best place to go right now i haven't been the first in a long time but you know i've been out in here a second but it ebbs and flows but at the time it was probably the best place the best place i was at at one point why so it, i i agree with you that it is but i you know i'm coming from a civilian's perspective what makes something like the best company to be or something like what kind of things like is it like combat accolades is it like money pension uh what like what what makes the uh, uh force recon the best company or the best place like it's essentially it's the best place to work right like it's the I, best yeah. job like you're you for, have, for me it was i mean like everybody has their opinion some you know like some yeah. guys love logistics you know what i mean so they may think yeah. oh this is the best place in the marine corps but for me like the type of work that we were doing there and you know the the guys like for there's a lot of like seasoned guys who had been to like different deployments i think my team when i first went there like um i had multiple deployments you know like everybody like in my team was senior i think uh I was a gunny at the time. I think I got promoted somewhere along the line. I was a gunny. Like I had a staff sergeant ATL. Like all my guys were everybody else was sergeant. So like more senior Marines. I think everybody on my team had like combat deployments and the unit was very well funded. And we did a lot of great training, like a lot of great training. We we're really well taken care of. You know, we did a lot of shooting and jump packages and like we're really well prepared and like trained our asses off. So really well organized and, you know, like good unit. It was like the, it was a great place to be. Like if we needed something or we needed to train to something, we went and did it very well organized, good leadership too. I had, I had pretty good leadership at the time as well, which so, makes a big difference. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Dude, yeah. like liking and respecting the people you work with can't be mm -hmm. understated. I could, yep. couldn't agree more. And that's any job in any profession. But when you're saying funding, right? Like you have to do all these trainings and stay on top of these things. So people don't like, I think the layperson and, and you know, civilians would think, that when you're saying training, you're like, okay, well, it's military. You just show up and do it, mm -hmm. right? You just schedule it, show up and do it. But all that stuff has to be paid for and funded and the materials sure. used in the trainings and those excursions all have to be paid for, right? So yep. if you're in force recon, right? Like I guess the military, they get one big pot, right? And everyone mm -hmm. gets a little bit. But if you're in force recon, they need these guys to be the best trained, best prepared Marines, Marine recon Marines that there can be. So they're getting more money thrown at them for training, for equipment, for all that kind of stuff. Is that kind of how the funding would work? Yeah, at, at the time we had a pretty pretty big budget and guys like Brendan Hill were like guys who like got the equipment for us and, you know, like worked the logistics and of like paying for certain venues and stuff yeah. like that. Like when I was with that particular platoon and company, we'd do like, a lot of offsite training, which is we go to different places and, you know, pay for whatever to use facilities like shooting, shooting packages and things like that. So that all costs money. Yeah. Like for the most part, a lot of the stuff you do on a military base is like, doesn't cost that much, but when we start doing like external yeah. training at different places and stuff, that's when, you know, like if you go do, we, we went up to like uh, Guernsey, Wyoming, for example, one time and did like call a jump package out there, which we did like 
a bunch of different jumps and stuff like that, you know, like, you know, like high altitude and nighttime and just working on our, our jumping tactics. And like that costs money. Like guys like yeah. Hill would have to like figure out how to get that paid for and yeah. do the budget and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. So. He had a great saying when he was on mm-hmm. bullets don't fly without supply. Yep. Right? That is, that is true. Sometimes <laughs> there's a, there's a rivalry between the, you know, the grunts and the pogues, but we can't survive without those guys to be honest, as much as we talk shit to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things right, that separates the U S like military from all is like our supply chain has always been like top notch. Like we're always mm-hmm. able to get the food and like the, the, yeah. the weapons yep. there. Like, I mean, that was like world war two, right. That was Len least was just getting supplies to Europe before we even entered the war. Like that, like we've always been great at logistics and, and that kind of stuff. Dude, you yeah, I think the old, old saying is like uh professionals, no logistics and amateurs, no tactics. So, you know, like, yep. the, you know, yeah, exactly. So, dude, yeah, <laughs> that's a great saying. Professionals, no logistics and amateurs, no tactics. That's fucking good. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. That one's for, that one's for Hill right there. So, <laughs> hey, shout, hey, shout out. He's not wrong, though. Yeah. But, like, yeah. dude, the, I think in the kind oh, of. Yeah, like, it's, it's all coming together, right? It's like all the force, like, you know, it's the merchant marines and the marines and the navy and the air force, like, all kind of coming together and just making their, their little pieces, you know, and then that's what wins everything. Yeah. And you need each other. Like you need, you all need each other. That's the thing. And that's, it's kind of like, in a way, it, from what I see, at least, and from talking to you guys, when you talk about this pogue and, and, you know, grunt kind of rivalry, it's between you guys. Right. But say if yeah. you're out of the a little bar, brother, big brother thing, like, correct. Oh, you know, yeah. Like, just like, like you a, guys a little, can talk shit ribbing. to each Yeah. You guys can talk shit to each other, but if some stunad from the Navy comes over and tries to shit on a pogue, you're right there in his face telling him to go eat some shit, right? Like oh, that's sure. yeah. that's not happening. No one messes with like you guys might mess with each other, but no one messes with you guys. Right. Like kind of like yeah. a brother atmosphere. I mean uh, we still build relationship with our support guys. Like I remember you have to specifically yeah specifically when I was in Iraq there is a a cook and um we had a nickname for him. It was like called solo or whatever like that. And the cook was fucking solid because they come out to the field and bring us, they wouldn't have food for us, but they bring us like MREs and water and resupply us. <sighs> and that dude is awesome. Cause he'd come out and we were like cool with him. And he fucking throw us like a log of dip. Cause a lot of guys dip. He's yeah. like, here's some MREs <laughs> and a log of dip. And he didn't fucking do that. You know what I mean? But yeah. he was just like a cool fucking dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, just none of this pussy really... skull shit. I got you the real yeah. Uh, yeah, deal. Yeah, the Copenhagen. That fine cut. Yeah, yeah oh, but you man. learn to like work with those guys, yeah. Do you still dip, Nick? Did you ever dip or do anything like that? You know, I, I would dip in like, you know, when I'm overseas when it helps when you're you're tired. You know what I mean? Like, I don't uh, know if you ever dip, yeah, Matt, yeah. but yeah, oh, yeah. dip in, it wakes your ass up. You say you dip every day? <laughs> no 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 i don't dip anymore oh. i used, oh, okay, so, okay. used to do it every day yeah w- well and when we were so when we were in wrestling dip was oh, we yeah. dipped and we chew did chew mm-hmm. too and like we yeah. used to do that stuff like religiously and i used to dip for a long long time and i smoked cigarettes too i did everything yeah, yeah. but yeah but yeah dip and i used to do it but now it's just I, I i know exactly what you're saying where it's like it does put a little little pep in your step a little baby. buzz yeah a little buzz yeah. and wakes yeah. you you know going 48 yeah. hours out of sleep you throw a little dip and it wakes you up yeah and there's nothing dude there's nothing cooler than having a fucking lipper in and doing your thing you know what i mean yeah. like that's fucking badass yeah. i remember i was at a funeral one time yeah, yeah let's some know kid, people not to fuck with you <laughs> yeah i remember we were at a funeral one time and some kid fucking just put in a fucking lipper right there <laughs> like, jesus christ bro <laughs> fucking scumbag yeah yeah he's got like his tie on and everything like that he's like wiping the fine cut off of his shit i was like jesus yeah. christ man all right you know there's time and place for everything maybe not do yeah. the fucking gimmick here so okay so let's keep it moving so 
so all right so now you're with force recon um this is the all-star marine recon team and i know i'm building it up you that's not your words for everyone listening nick is very much the most humble guy you can ask any nurse out there he's very humble. <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding um he's a happily married man but uh you he, you know he's very humble he didn't say any of this from the research i found and everything i've done this is what i've discovered and i believe to be true that the force recon is the all-star badass marine recon unit the marine recons themselves are the badasses of the marine corps and the marine corps and the marine corps itself is just littered and everybody's a badass in my opinion so to be like the alpha in that situation to me is fucking dude i mean killer killer stuff so the next four or you you would be with and you would become a leader in force recon right you'd be a team leader in force recon mm -hmm. and you would spend the next eight years in the first recon force company is that right Yep. I, yeah. I spent about eight years, first recon force company, about eight years of my career doing a couple of deployments. Yeah. Like I said, deployments, multiple different schools, you know, um, I just, yeah. Working out of first recon, yeah, yeah first man. recon force company. Yeah. Dude. And like just doing, doing your thing. And, uh, you know, we can't talk, we're, we're not, we can't talk about, we know like you did some stuff and we're not going to bring it up. You would just say he went all over the world. <laughs> And you, you traveled a bunch of places and, you know, yeah. you did. I like, mean, this thing like I talk about, this thing that I talk about where you need like three more podcasts. I mean, we're, you're hitting the yeah. tip of the iceberg yeah. and stuff, but yeah. 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 No, I'm with you. We're really, yeah. And Hey dude, I'll fucking, I'll book you right now. If you want to do three sure. more podcasts, we're, I'm down. Cause this has been, yeah. this has been nothing but killer good stuff. stuff. Yeah, man, this has been just awesome. But we are coming towards the top of time. And I do want to get like finish up and, and really talk about kind of what you're doing now. You know what I mean? So let's talk. So right now, right, you're you're are you you're not with Force Recon now. You moved and you're with second recon, right? But you're right now you're kind of running the different marine recon schools, right? So what kind of thing, like, you're not different schools, you're kind of like training Marine Con guys, like situational training. So kind of, can you give us a gist of like kind of what you're doing now? Yeah. So, I mean, Recon Marines in general go through a ton of different schools and, and mm -hmm. training, you know what I mean? That's like, why I mentioned before, school. yeah, I mean, we all like in the, in the team, they specialize in different things, but right now, um, I was put into a, a training, a training billet or a training job right now so uh i did move the the east coast which is where second recon's at and second force is at so what we do is uh we'll take a platoon or a company of marines who, who are recon marines who are going to deploy and we run them through a series of like courses and training to get them prepared for deployment like we we do like um like close core tactics and explosive breaching that type of stuff then uh more more advanced like surveillance techniques and like a couple different sniper courses and then I, I talked to you before we teach a course where, you know, we're, we're hooking and climbing on boats and teaching them how to like, you know, like the whole Somali pirate type thing. That's yeah, what yeah, everybody yeah, kind of yeah, relates yeah, to, like yeah, how yeah. to clear, clear boats. And then we run the through captain now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Run through a bunch of exercises and pretty much like these Marines have come to us. They've been through like all their, you know, base reconnaissance course, like a couple of different courses. Like they usually all come to us like airborne free fall Marine Corps dive school and a couple of their accessory schools. So they've been up together as a platoon for probably like probably a year, year and a half. Yeah. And then we get them the rest of the way, make sure they're 
trained and well prepared for deployment. And all, all the guys I work with, like I work with, like I think we're all like staff sergeants, gunnies, and I'm the only master sergeant, so they're all like senior, seasoned guys who like been around the community for a while, and we make sure these these boys are like ready and trained properly for deployment. Oh, so that's what I've been doing for the last like uh, March will be three years in that in this position. Then I'm after March, I'm moving on to another another place. How do you how do you like, like this? How do you like doing the training and thing? I know I know we talked and the, you know like you still so uh, on a previous episode we had with a friend of the show and uh, you know uh, a former guest of the show uh, Mr. Carl Bowers right and mm-hmm. he was on the show and you know Jay his son we yep. all we all grew up together and stuff but he had said after he got his accident he was kind of he was kind of benched behind a um kind of you know he's behind a desk and he would say how he would get the itch and he would still want to go out and like be on a job and like you know out in the sun and i know it's not the same thing but right now and i'm not saying you're behind a desk but right now you're in a training position and you're teaching guys new things but do you still kind of get the itch to go back out and things like that yeah i do i think where I'm at is probably the best place you can go for like a, a side duty. Cause like as a recon Marine, you have to like, they have instructor billets at all the other schools we go to is like, so there's guys who work down at Fort Benning in yeah. airborne. There's guys who work at our, our dive school. Like I said, we have Marine combatant dive school yeah. and there's guys who like, who work at our basic reconnaissance course. And then there's guys who work where I work. So like I've already, I'm working with dudes who've been in a team for a while and like I'm teaching them all the stuff. So it's, it's pretty much like, it's the closest I can be to be in a company that's deploying and not deploying with them. So I'm with these guys all the way. So like in that aspect, I'm, I'm being the most relevant I can just without deploying. And I mean, like in some aspects is, is fun. You know what I mean? I still get to do all the shooting and teaching and instructing. I'm just at this point, I'm not deploying. I'm, I'm teaching a platoon deploy. Yeah. And then after I leave this place, I can go back to a company and, you know, be on the receiving end of that and deploy as well. So, so you but, can't just leave at any time. Like you signed a contract to be in this training position for like a certain number of years. Is that how it goes? Yeah, they, yeah, they assign you. Like so, I mean, I was one of those dudes who went. Like usually, guys sometimes get hit like once or twice. Because I was lucky. Like, this is my first time ever doing anything, but being in like the, you know, like the the being in a platoon or something like that. But uh, like they'll do like usually like three years. So a guy will go spend three years at the basic constant course training new recon Marines. I'm three years here training the platoons. So it's usually like a three-year duty that guys do. And then they'll ro- rotate back to like the, a battalion or a company. Jesus. So, but, but why were you put here because of like a specific reason or is it just like military policy where it's like, Hey, you, you know, like you did, like, you've been out, you've done like enough, like we're, we still want you here. These metrics and we need yeah, you to uh, like, train uh, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Like fucking take a break from the shit and like just stay at home, find a girl, knock her up, do that whole gimmick. Right. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, we need more Galantes for the future. So uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> do your patriotic need, duty. <laughs> yeah. We need, we need more super soldiers that'll, you know, <laughs> storm the beaches of Normandy and, and yeah, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, get to making some more super soldiers and then, you know, train some guys too. Like, did they do this? Like, is this something the military does intentionally just so like, Hey, you've done 10 fucking tours, like give this guy a break kind of thing. Like, do they register that or, are they just like, 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 did you, like, how does it work? Yeah. So we have, it's an E9, uh, recon Marine. So like, he's a, the highest ranking, he like enlisted in charge. They call him the monitor, the recon monitor. So like he'll assign guys to like 
different billets oh, and stuff like that. And I mean, I was, I was out at first recon for so long and I just kept like, I came back from deployment and I like jumped on another one. And like, yeah. you know, the guys out there are like, eh, he doesn't need to go away. He's going to another deployment. So that was like the reason why I just kept staying. And finally, like I got back after like about eight years, the like, monitor called me. He's like, listen, motherfucker, like, <laughs> I need you to go do something else for now. Yeah. So uh, luckily, yeah. like the, the organization with right now, they usually try to pick guys who have a lot of experience to like, you know, they're not going to send like a guy who's like a fucking shit bag. Yeah. Or at least they try not to send a guy who's a shitbag to the organization's training guys to go to, on a deployment. You know, I mean, they usually try to send, you know, like well-versed and like mature professional guys to go train these dudes to deploy. So, yeah. I mean, I got a call and they're like, yeah, been, you've been in California and first week on first force too long. We need to, you know, get you some more variety in your life. And, you know, they're, they're like, we like you to come over to this organization yeah. and start training yeah. for a couple of years. And I was yeah. like, okay, you know what I mean? So I couldn't argue. Of, I couldn't argue. Yeah, I couldn't argue. Yeah. He's like, you've been doing this shit too long. You need to switch over. So did you kind of know, like, so say you got back from a deployment, like in your mind, you're like, I'm picking the first fucking thing out of here. So I don't get stuck in a training position because I know they're going to ping me. It's been nine fucking, you know, nine fucking deployments. It's coming up, right? Like, was that in the back of your mind when you're coming back? I mean, there's a couple times where, uh, you know, You're like, fucking I think kidding me. Yeah. There's been a couple Jesus. times where I got, I, there was a time where I got back from deployment and like, you know, some people had talked to me like, yeah, we need to like, you go do something. Then, you know, I go talk to each battalion has like a, a E9 in charge of my master guns. Yeah. So like, you know, I remember one particular time I went and talked to that master guns. He's like, you want to go to like a training billet or you want to go on another deployment? And I'm like, just give me the fucking deployment. And yeah. so he's like, all right, cool. <laughs> So, you know, I want to go on another deployment. So, you so some were, of them are just like, fine with it. Like, yeah, hey, if this is what you want, just go for it. Yeah. Power. They, I mean, yeah. it's not crazy to say, Nick, but you love your job, right? Like, you love. Yeah, I mean, I like, it's like, it's like a lot of jobs. There's some times where you fucking hate your job. You know, sometimes right. you don't like the people you work for. And, you know, yeah. like, you have your shitty days. But, I mean, like, you know. I get to shoot, you know what I mean? I get to jump, you know, I get to dive, you know what I mean? Like I'm around a bunch of like guys who are very similar to me. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a, there's a lot of very intelligent, like, you know, like athletic yeah. guys I work with who come from different backgrounds. So, you know, a lot of, no one ever so. asked you to change the format on your uh, word docs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No one ever said you needed to complete this email listing before you leave today. Yeah. 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 And send, you know, yeah. Dude, man, his honestly, DPS reports have not, uh, they're not up to snuff and we're not sure if we can yeah. keep going with this guy. <laughs> yeah. Look, your, your corporate, your corporate monitoring is, it's really not great No, but you don't, <laughs> but you don't get that bull, but like, dude, you know, if we are glory, like we're, I'm not saying we're glorifying, but we're painting a picture of kind of what you've been doing, but it hasn't been without heartache. Right. Oh yeah, like, for sure. Yeah. You know, and like, we're not, I don't want to go in on that, you know, that's your stuff. And, you know, I, like we're, we're respecting you and like your things and, and yeah. the guys you served with and everything like that. But, you know, we are, you know, we're talking about like the cool things of like, you know, shooting guns and jumping out of planes and swimming, you know, and spitting up blood and all that stuff. But there's a lot of heartache and a lot of hardships that you've had to endure you know, to serve the country. And like, that's, you know, it shouldn't be understated where it's, not every day is, uh, you know, it's not always an easy day to be a Marine recon master sergeant. You know what I mean? So there's, you've had some tough days, but I want to talk about this because we had brought this up. So, you know, you do get mail and you do get things like that. You're, you have a wife and you have a kid now, right? Mm -hmm. 
And to me, like, I don't know. And I think you're, is it, you have a, uh, I mean, do you want to say the gender of your child? Do you care saying it on air? Oh, yeah, the boy. Yeah, I'm okay. proud of him, boy. Yeah, so you have there a nice, yeah, Papa yes. Nick. Yeah, so he has, a, he has a future Marine recon or whatever he wants to be. I'm sure you could care less yeah. what he does as long as he's healthy and happy, right? Mm. So, but like, you know, we had talked before and in the pre-show about, at a young age, you were leading men and there'd be times where they would get a letter from home or some correspondence from home and they're not in the right mindset. And you're, you're like, look, you're fucking, you're benched. I'm not taking you out on this patrol. You're not going on this mission. You're, you're not safe. You're not safe. And like, these guys are, they're like warring against you because they're like, fuck you, man. I want to be out on this fucking, you want me there. Like, obviously they're not using that language because you don't speak your superiors that way. But, you know, like there's times where you have the bench guys. Are you scared at all if you go back out, right? If you go active again of the possibility of you like you like being in a situation where you'd have to be benched. Does that cross your mind at all? Or you refer to me? Yeah. Uh, like me being benched? I, I mean, I would say I don't think I have. I have that will have that problem just because I'm like conditioned for it. I, yeah. I think I do, you know, like all my deployments, I'm, I'm pretty good at just like flipping the switch off. I mean, obviously, nice. but yes, I've had, to, I've had to I'd do that to other Marines. We had to talk before. Yeah. Like guys have bad news from home or, I mean, it, yeah. it's, I mean, it's shitty. Like what's happened to guys like on my deployment, it's just natural life though. You know what I mean? Like yeah. someone's wife leaves them or a relative yeah. dies or whatever. Like, and you just yeah. like, you get to know these guys so well. You're like, okay, bro. Like you don't have, the right mindset right now so yeah. yeah you need to sit out for a couple of days and enlisted men talk a little differently we will say like fuck you dude <laughs> like fuck you i'm not a pussy i'm gonna go out and I'm like yeah 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 you're a pussy you're gonna sit back but no i mean like you tell them seriously like hey man like it's for your benefit and you know the team your squad's benefit take a couple of days off get your head right and you know yeah. you'll get you'll get back out when you're ready so I've, I've had to do that before in those situations when you have to talk a guy like out of a mission like tell him you're not going do you kind of use the like look you're not only putting yourself in danger because at some point they're like, I don't give a fuck about myself. But do you have to say like, not only putting yourself in danger, but you're putting me and the rest of the team in danger. And do you want us to get hurt? Like that's kind of how you have to use it because they don't care about themselves at that point because they're so like hurt and whatever there. It's more of like, you have to say like, you're going to, you're in danger, your brothers. If you do that, like that's self, you know, like that's kind of what you'd have to use. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, when I was in the infantry in Iraq, you know, base infantry, I just like have a guy stay back on base. I'm, I make him do like, like we had guard duty, you know, make him do guard duty, which is like not as tasking or something. I wouldn't have him like, you know, beating feet on patrol. And, you know, yeah. like when I was in recon, sa- same, same deal. If I felt like a guy head wasn't right, like a little more high risk, what we we're doing with recon, you know, even in training too, like if a guy's not head right and we got to go do like fucking dive, you know, dive training or like, you know, like free fall training or something. Like that, if a guy's head's not right, you got to tell him either clear his fucking head or go sit out for a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, the dude may be a fucking rock star, but if his head's not right, you know, you got to take a break yeah. you know, and tell him chill out. Yeah. Some guys, some guys let the family life, like it affects a lot of guys differently. Some guys are like, fuck it, fuck my family. You know? yeah, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, other yeah. guys like get really, you know, affected by it, you know? So, but you have the, you've done it for so long. You've had the ability to turn the switch. That dude, yeah. you're fucking, you're a stone cold killer brother and you fucking earned it. But Okay, so right now you're currently teaching and training the new recon recruits and guys and like you're going over like it's almost like you're going you're doing like practice missions in a way of like, hey, this is what you should expect in this mission train this way, right? This is what you should expect in this mission train this way. Is that kind of right? Yep, correct. Yeah, we we typically go through like uh, 
pretty much anything they would likely encounter on a deployment. And they're, mm-hmm. we test all their different skill sets, you know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's kind of what we do. Yeah. And it's usually about from when we first get these guys, like I said, they're, they're not new recruits, but they've been in a platoon for like a couple like years. And some of the guys are even senior guys just yeah. doing another cycle. But uh, usually from the time we get them to the time of the deployment, it's probably like a seven month period. So we're working with these guys for about, you know, six, seven months and then uh, like testing them in all different, different types of skills and getting them. If the guys, most of the guys, some of the guys have been through it before and this is just kind of like a refresher for them. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good. Hey man, that's what you need. They got to stay sharp. So, mm-hmm. okay. So we're coming to the top of time and uh, I want to do this before we go. So uh, I'd sent you some questions and I just want to ask you a couple questions and I'll let you get out of here. How's that sound? Sure. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. So first question at the age of 10, what was your favorite movie? Mm, I think it's still my favorite movie just because of my father. I, I always love fucking predator, man. Just like, a oh, there we go. Yeah. I love so, predator. Dude, that's a Every, movie, like, that's a great flick. That is a yeah, great, it's flick. A great flick. Awesome <laughs> one liners. Everybody's on like as much D balls or body can handle. Oh yeah. <laughs> if you yeah, had a, a favorite character besides Arnold, who was it? It's the Indian mm. guy. Indian guy. The Indian, I guy? Like the Indian right? guy. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I, I like I, I like Jesse Ventura in the movie because he has some funny yeah. ass one liners. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fact that he had like the minigun and everything, but uh yeah. this know, stuff will a, make you a sexual tyrannosaurus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so great. So great. Some of the one liners well, that dip, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, such great one liners, but uh yeah, great movie. I would say uh yeah, it's probably since ten, yeah. My dad said that he uh, he he would lot, watch that movie a lot too, but he said he really liked it because, like in the beginning, they're like you know one guy's like shaving, the other guy has his knives, one guy's like telling dumb jokes, like all these things, and he had said like he kind of liked it because in a way it reminded him of what a special forces unit is like. Like you have each guy has like their thing, you know, like yep. this is what this guy does, this is what this guy does, but they're specialists at this and kind of things like that that's pretty cool so all right so and then is it still your favorite movie now predator i mean i always go back i mean i like i like all the old 80s movies like yeah, just like same. i said it was my father making me watch movies yeah. when i was really yeah. young like same. predator running man you know oh. like commando running man yes. so yeah running man <laughs> so good running man versus sub-zero like all the characters <laughs> that he had to take on were just so great i think running yeah. man's a close second to predator so dude that's badass nice yeah. okay Nice. Uh, okay. Any shows you watched recently that you like? Any TV shows, movies, anything now that you like digging? Um, I don't watch that much TV or you know movies or like that. Just but uh, like I told you, my wife cheated on me and oh. and watched the rest of Yellowstone without me. So you know, like I got the <laughs> like the first five episodes. I don't even what? think I'm going to finish it now, you know, because I only watch that stuff when she does. So, okay, so uh, let's, uh, I don't know if we're, so just so the listeners know, when Nick says his wife cheated on him, what he means is that they started watching, <laughs> <laughs> they yes. start, yeah, they started yeah. watching the TV show Yellowstone, which I watch as well, which is a really, really good show. If for those of you who haven't watched it, you should check it out. Kevin fucking Costner. That's all I got to say. Yeah. But they started watching it. Nick had to go away for a little bit to go to work, right? He's wow. gone for a couple, some time. He comes back. His wife has cheated and watched like ten fucking episodes while he was gone. Oh, We've all been there. Up. Oh, she finished yeah. it all the way. So yeah, she finished it. So I'm like, I'm not even gonna watch it. Was, yeah, she's yeah. like, we, you, yeah. I can watch it again. I'm like, you ruined it. You already know that all the crap. Yeah, about yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. So Yellowstone, nice. Okay, so let's keep it moving. So uh, if you could give yourself a nickname, what would it be? Uh, um, so 
I did have a platoon call sign. I, that was probably my favorite call sign. It was uh, Cutthroat 1 1 was my call sign for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> that is fucking badass. Cutthroat 1 1. That yeah. is fucking bad. So that so you did have something in that Iceman gimmick when we were talking about that earlier. You son of a I mean, some people have like nicknames. That was my platoon calls or my team call sign. So, dude, Cutthroat, yeah. that's a pretty fucking good one. You know, that would suck if it was like Banana Hammock 12 or something. Yeah, like no, yeah. <laughs> oh, this The little hammock. engine they put in 37. Like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, hey, this is Bahama Hammock on the 1-1. One, one. What yeah. we got here? 9 and 9 yeah. Cutthroat. Yeah, yeah, that would be too fucking funny. Okay, so let's keep it moving. So, okay, Cutthroat 1-1. One, one. That might be the best nickname we've heard on this show. So, okay. So let's keep it moving. So if you could host a TV show, which what would it be? And it could be real or made up. But if you could host a TV show, what TV show would you host? I mean, I kind of tipped my hand already. I think it would be awesome to like host The Running Man if that was a real show. Would it not be? <laughs> bro, bro, you ain't kidding, bro. That would be, dude, that would be, that is a great fucking idea. That would that be a is great, a great idea. Battle, battle to death, yeah. Dude, that would be a great idea. Absolutely. Damn. All right, nice. Hey, it'd be kind of like if you did like a running man blood sport kind of gimmick, you know? Yeah, that Something would be great like, too, yeah. Oh, dude, blood sport. Oh, that's the epitome of capitalism. Uh, fight yeah. for your freedom. That's great. Okay, okay, so let's keep it moving. That's fucking hilarious. Dude, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So uh, if you had, if you could be on a TV game show or any kind of show, what TV show would you be on? Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I can, I can give the same answer too, but. Uh, sure. Well, so, so yeah. just uh, so we've had global guts. We've yeah. had, you know, like uh, big brother. Temple. Like, is there oh, any of the, like, child, you, oh, you know, know anywhere childhood or, or. Yeah. You know, a, a show I've seen recently, I thought it was pretty cool. It was a show, I mean, I don't know how well I do, but a show called Alone. I think it's on, um, ah, I think it's on Amazon. Wow. Yeah, that would be cool. Like, so, you just go out in the wilderness alone for like 100 days. Yeah, or something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was going to ask this. If there was an apocalypse, you're doing okay, right? Like, you'd be okay with an apocalypse, right, Nick? Like, it wouldn't affect you that much. You'd still be able to survive. Like, you can survive in the wilderness on your own, right? Like, you're trained that way. Yeah, there's certain aspects. Plus, I think it, it, the apocalypse depends also how many, like, if you have some weapons in your house, you know, yeah. and yeah. things like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of my favorite shows, I was real into Naked and Afraid. In one of the episodes, the one guy brought a roll of duct tape. Is the roll <laughs> of duct tape the greatest tool someone could bring on Naked and Afraid? Oh, my God. I don't know about that. I think, yeah. I think <laughs> a, knife or a, a knife or a hatchet would be more useful than that, yeah. you know, than duct tape. He was making cups out of his like uh, duct tape. He made a lot of creative things out of yeah. the duct tape. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what. My uh, I remember my cousin, uh, my cousin Henry, R.I.P. Love him. But uh, he had we had one. He had tried like he, you know, like before online, you could like tr you know put in to be on Survivor when Survivor was like yeah. really oh, yeah, big. Yeah. And he had put in the be on Survivor. And like one of the questions I think was they asked like if you could bring like three things, what three things would you bring? And one of the three things he brought, like he said he would bring on Survivor, was toilet paper. And in my mind, I'm like, 
that's pretty good because everyone wants to be friends with the guy that's got toilet paper in the fucking, you know, in the middle yeah. of the fucking jungle. Just so, make sure it's placed in practice in case it rains, yeah. you know. <laughs> then, <you're there. laughs> yeah. then you just got some soggy paper. Yeah. All right. <laughs> nice. Okay. So you've taught us a bunch of cool words thus far on the show with like, you know, MATV, JLTV. You've been giving us vernaculars the whole damn show. But what's like a big cool word or maybe a work term or something like that you could teach us right now that hmm. you know the meaning? I don't know. I mean, the military is simple because they teach you a lot of acronyms, you know, like yeah. make words shorter. You know what I mean? I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to think of anything, anything big, man. I don't know. What, is, what does SEER training actually stand for? Uh, survival, escape, resistance, and evasion. So there's the big word oh, for you right there. So like, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there it is. Survival, there escape, re resistance, resistance innovation. Yep. Dude. There you go. That's fucking all right. We'll take that because that's fucking all right. badass. Cool. Nice. Okay. So all right. Let's keep it going. So all right. If okay. So what? And we'll we'll we're only we're coming. We're almost done. So what was the worst day of work in your whole life? Any job mm -hmm. you've ever had? Worst day ever. Um. So it was obviously in the military and I've had some crazy days in the military, Yeah. yeah. but, um, uh, it's all, it wasn't that all... time two chicks didn't blow you at a cigar. No, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. I would say the, well, there's uh, multiple situations, but, uh, the, the most, like, I guess, like, I guess sad or like, uh, I don't even know how they call it, like depressive state or whatever you call it. So it's all open source information, but, um, couple years back the uss mccain was hit by another vessel i don't know if you remember oh, seeing that yeah news. i do yeah. remember yeah yeah so uh we had my my platoon was in the area and they asked us to come and uh come try to get the individuals with uh, the it was us and some navy divers and we spent we tried to get the, they pulled in the port and we tried to get some of the sailors out of there so uh it it took us probably like a week to get some of those guys out of there but like that's it's different when individuals individuals die in a non non like it was like it wasn't a combat situation they got hit yeah. by another vessel and we yeah. spent yeah. like weeks trying to get those individuals out and it's, it's terrible for the families and stuff like that but you know like it's one thing for a guy to die in combat but another guy like who was on a vessel like not knowing what's going on gets hit yeah. and dies so you know we spent probably a week trying to get them out of there and they all got out eventually we got them all out eventually but you know they all passed at the time so but that was yeah. probably the shittiest shittiest time in my military is like pulling guys out of a you know we were diving like diving you're pulling like dead bodies and stuff and yeah they had all passed i think it was a uh, 11 11 in total and like i said you can look up the whole story but yeah uh yeah it just got hit in the open ocean and it hit the vessel in the right spot and there's individuals in the, within the ship sailors wow, they passed man. and they're trapped and we had a you know they pulled yeah. the port and we we worked alongside navy divers and like help pull those individuals out so they can go get sent home to their families so you know Jesus, that man. was a shitty mission you know it's different when that happens than a guy you know, you're in combat and a guy dies in combat, that's expected, but a guy who's like working on a boat, you know, a navy guy and yeah, you're in the middle of the ocean. What are the chances? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. 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 But that was kind of a shitty time and you know, like just it was shitty. That's all I can say about that one. Dude, yeah, that's yeah. Sorry we yeah, to relive that. So no, I, no, I mean it's it's part of the job, you know. What I mean it, it doesn't like I don't I'm not one of those guys that like dwells on it. It's part of the job yeah. and it was over. I just said that was like a shitty thing to see or yeah. have to deal with, you know what I mean? Yeah. 
You're like a firefighter. Like at the end of the day, you put out fires, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, those guys see. I mean, the same thing. Cops, firefighters deal with stuff like that every yep, day. It's yeah. just like, it was a shitty day, you know? And, you know, those guys didn't see it coming. That's just different from the guy in combat, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. That's a tough one. That's a real tough one. Mm-hmm. But hey, man, they had to call. Hey, look, there's a reason, you know, you guys are there. You do the hard stuff. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. But okay, so let's cheer it up a little bit. Uh, what was the best day of work in your whole life and of any job you've ever had? Hmm. I would say so. I mean, I spent most of my life in the military at this point. So you remember I talked about how I went to BRC. Uh, my lungs fucking like pop pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they always they always select an honor graduate for like those classes, and because my lungs got fucked up, I didn't. I was like, I think I was on track to become honor graduate for that course, but my lungs fucking bled. Is honor graduate and, like valedictorian? Yeah, pretty much. So of I was on fu- track of, to become of yeah. a fucking course, a fucking yeah. course. Yeah. Why wouldn't you be the best? Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I was on I was on track, but if you were like a medical injury or whatever, like that goes to another person. So I was on track. I thought I was going to take it for that class. Got injured, like went back to training, finished it off. You don't get honor grad if you get hurt, unfortunately. Yeah. But then uh, we, the recon community, has another course. This recon team leaders course is is very like it was at the time it was very like basic reconnaissance course, but on team leader level, and uh, it's pretty tough course. It's like another like thirteen weeks or like that, and this. You know, I went to that course and probably lost like 20 fucking pounds in that course, something Jesus. like that. But we we started with a handful of guys. It was probably like somewhere around 20, 25 guys. And we graduated six out of that. And, you know, like six out of like six out of 25 left standing. And then I, I was undergrad at that course. So, like, that was like I was one of the top dudes of the course. They gave me yeah. like a fucking paddle and a plaque. And I was like, nice. that for me made up for getting hurt in BRC. I was like, yeah. fuck yeah, I, you know, came back and killed this thing and was undergrad for that course. So that was Dude. that was a pretty, pretty good day. Dude, that's fucking awesome, man. Dude, you deserve that shit too. Man, that's dude, that's glad to hear. It. Like, dude, it is crazy to think like we grew up in this small town, like playing football together as kids and things like that. And like to think like, dude, you're the fucking like the baddest fucking dude going, you know? And like you're just a small town American guy, you know, from a dirty Dago spaghetti eating family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can talk about your own kind now, Matt. Yeah, yeah, about- <laughs> Matt's like, yeah, now the life down my butt. That's like, I can say all these words. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can say that because I'm a guinea as well. All right, yeah. I'm a spaghetti bender. I'm all those things. No, but it is crazy that like you're, you know. Like you're, you're, you're like, like that guy from Yellowstone. He he was like thought he was Mexican his whole life, and he found out he was Native American. You're like, <laughs> yeah, Tom. you're like I think Irish guy, and then all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I'm a fucking wild. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought, yeah, uh, his the character's name's Thomas Rainwater, but yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. You know, yeah, my yeah. mom didn't tell me because she wanted to protect me. That's what it was. So okay, so uh, last question, and then we'll I'll let you out of here. So um, if you could keep like the a comfortable income and like you know make as much money as you need to for you and your family whatever and you could pick any job that you've had and you could make the income that you need and do whatever what's the one job you would pick that you could have for the rest of your life like i remember i think one person picked with like life go ahead sorry someone like lifeguarding or something but go ahead easily recon team layer being a recon team layer is probably the best job you know i mean if i could do that forever you know i mean and get paid well i mean the military doesn't pay you great but you know i've paid well for the rest of my life i'd do that hey man dude that's fucking so you do what you love and you don't work a day in your life dude that's fucking awesome i'll tell you what man we're coming to the top of time 
Nick, I cannot fucking thank you enough for this, dude. This was, this was great, man. Dude, I'll tell you what, me and Pete, we're pretty much on board with this always, but we would love to have you back on if you'd be willing sure, to come man. back on. Dude, yeah, sure. Lo- dude, love to have you. This was great. Thanks so much for like supporting and listening to the show and like all the good things you said about but can't thank you enough and thank you you know i know this is corny but thank you for your service and everything you've done for the country this has been this episode has just been eye-opening and and this has been just such a great time man loved catching up with you doing the whole thing you know uh pete before we get out of here anything you want to say to the dozens and dozens of working perspectives podcast listeners Jesus, I, don't know. I, I, I got no, nothing to follow up with. Yeah, yeah. No. That was just a hell of a fucking episode. Hell of a show, man. Hell of a show. Nick, anything you want to say to the to the listening to your adoring fans in the in the in the you know listening public? What do you got to say? They're dripping wet, Nick. They're dripping. Yeah, Jesus yeah, wet. fucking Christ. No, Matt, I do I do appreciate. I'm humbled to be on your show. I appreciate it. I'm a big fan of the show. So thank oh, you for thank having you. me on. You know what I mean? And I appreciate your support. And like anybody who's listening, I'm sure there's people who support me over the years. I really appreciate the letters, care packages. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's been awesome. But uh, I guess in the words of Ricky Bobby, this is America. This is the greatest planet on earth. Remember that. fucking a man fucking a always remember that okay so this has been another episode of the working perspectives podcast i'm matt lavelle accompanied by party boy pete mccormick and our special guest today was master sergeant nick delante you can find us on all podcast platforms and youtube at working perspectives podcast you can hang out with us on the twitter and the tiki dog at working p pod you can join us on instagram at working perspectives podcast and if you'd like to be a guest on the show and get approved by the p triple a you can join us at workingperspectives at gmail.com. All right. This is the end of the show. Stick around for your ad read. Thanks again. See ya. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, P is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go. Episodes available on all podcast platforms. platforms. Check out our vibe and how we get live. Then do us a solid like, share, and subscribe. Working perspectives.